0: Did you know that Rome wasn't built in a day? We've got all sorts of crazy facts, fun stories, and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. Did you know with Rhino? Hello, and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino? I'm Rhino. This is my show, and I know exactly what you're thinking, but when in Rome, In today's episode, we're going to have lots of fun, and you might even learn something. So without further ado, let's do this. You know, this show, we have lots of random bits of information. We might talk about movies. We might talk about weird stories or crazy things that happen in the news. But we just have lots of fun, and we don't do it alone. Today's special guest is a nerd culture enthusiast from Central Florida, he builds his own prop replicas when he's not driving around in circles talking about animals. He makes a mean drink and knows more about Indiana Jones than Harrison Ford himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Kinsey. Hello, sir. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: I'm... I feel old at this moment. Um
1: oh. <laughs> Why? Well,
0: uh... I'm on my way from the diner where I got some awesome food, which, by the way, the diner nearby has all sorts of just chickens and roosters and, like, memorabilia and decorations inside, and then a giant mural to, like, hunting in the woods, Um, but that's just fun details. Um, On my way home from that, uh, I was thinking that you and I have known each other for over seven years now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I've thought about that multiple times.
0: We're getting old, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we
0: haven't grown up yet.
1: Uh, of course not. Why would we? Where's well, the fun in that?
0: Especially if you asked our wives. They'd be like, nope, nope, there's still five-year-old kids talking about Star yeah. Wars.
1: Uh, uh, Star Wars, Marvel, all of that.
0: But why would we want to talk about anything else?
1: No. Well, you know, we're the... F- I got to say is I'd rather talk about that stuff than, you know, more of the awful stuff that's going on in the world. So
0: I mean, I'd rather hear about uh, the the politics behind the Superhero Registration Act than ever know about anything regarding to a wall between Mexico and America.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would rather
0: Uh, follow Senator Kelly on Twitter than follow some of the other senators.
1: I would let me put it this way I would rather talk about space politics from episode 1 than talk about actual politics.
0: And that's the trade negotiation they're all sorts of space weirdos.
1: Right? I'd rather talk about those aspects than anything else in the real world.
0: But at least we could admit negotiations were short.
1: Yeah, they only spanned, you know, like two movies,
0: two and, and a half. Then-
1: Two and a half, and then we actually got into the really good stuff that made Star Wars, you know, Star Wars. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there.
0: True, true story. Um yeah. So I was also thinking about how I, I miss um, driving around circles and talking about animals.
1: Mm, yes, yes, and I'm back to doing that again.
0: Is is it still fun, or is, are you missing the the element uh, of danger that used to exist um, at the the place with the uh, the theme park and the the animals and whatnot?
1: I mean, like the element of danger hasn't left, because remember, it's still out in the open. It's still dealing with a lot of that those the animals and everything like that. It's still fun, because you know, I was just the other day, I was just driving around. And, you know, seeing the lion, hearing him roar, and I just kind of went, yeah, I'm glad I'm back. And
0: in, in most of you, when you think about lions roaring, um, you we, we all imagine the the MGM logo, but that's not an actual lion that we're hearing in the MGM logo.
1: No, no, that's a tiger. It was like, they, uh, just because it doesn't sound right. When we're talking like the lion roaring, it's more along the sounds of like a really deep-throated gurgle it's more
0: almost like a wookie
1: yeah very similar like you, you actually when you put it like that it's yeah it's very similar to like a feline version of a wookie
0: a wookie cat is like that is that a thing now
1: no let's just make it a thing you know oh, it's hairy i'm in you can rip your arms off
0: that's scary always let it win though
1: always always
0: and um and, and I miss some of the, the the theming as well. that was my my favorite bit because there are kids nowadays that don't remember theming at all.
1: No no I mean you know it's it's nice to have like the conservation talk and everything like that but you know there are still times where I miss hitting that gas pedal and flying through those geysers I like there's just a few times where I just miss that one little bit of fun
0: you hear the the gunshots after you and you're breaking through the the, the gate and then finally it's like, okay, this was a tragedy. Oh. We almost died. Now get off my truck.
1: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And guess what? I get to do it for an... I get to go back around and do it again. There we go. Which
0: always felt like a a terrible scam.
1: (laughs) On which side?
0: Um... Well, because cause we, you always promised that the event was going to be longer than it was, and all of a sudden it's like, nope, it's going to be shorter. It's like, okay, let's roll the dice. Is it going to be shorter? I don't know. Oh, we rolled a one. I guess it's a, it's definitely going to be much, much shorter. <laughs> uh, uh, so speaking of scams, uh, let's go into the, the first segment in our show here, um, known as Ryan O and the Mailbox of Doom. And this is where we go deep, deep, deep into our mailboxes and attempt to discover answers to all sorts of weird and intriguing questions that may exist. Uh, for I'm, example, wait. we had a, um, uh, a poll that was on the Facebook page asking okay. people if they preferred salsa or guacamole. Which do you prefer? Salsa. That's what a majority of the the voters were for. Um, It was like 60% versus 40% at the last time I checked it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. There you know, there's the occasions where I I don't mind having guacamole and things like that. But for the most part, I'm always going to go for salsa. I'm always going to go for the spiciest salsa as well.
0: And you would prefer salsa over queso as well?
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a real tough call because you're calling, like, a different... You're basically going, do I want spicy or do we want cheesy?
0: And then there's the situation where it's both, like a queso from sort of thing.
1: And, And, like, at that point, if I got that option of, like, okay, I had to pick... They give me oh, I have to choose between queso or salsa. Uh, I gotta go with salsa though. I just gotta,
0: just because it's it's always something friendly. Like you go to a random restaurant and queso, it it could flop, but their salsa, oh, yeah. nine times out of ten, is gonna be awesome.
1: Which you're gonna get that like that nice variation of like there are multiple restaurants, you know, like okay. The standard, you know, family-owned Mexican restaurants always got this really good standard salsa, and then you'll go to like, you know, Chili's or different things like that, and they'll have a they'll have a decent salsa, but not as good as like, you know, the family-owned stuff.
0: But Chili's chips are fantastic. Yes. So that was the poll that was up on the Facebook page. Um, But I've also been getting a whole bunch of weird spam phone calls lately. Have you been getting some as well?
1: Yeah. I don't notice that. If I don't recognize the number, I don't pick up. And I've been getting a lot of them. I'll do the occasional, you know, look it up on Google and see who it is. And I'm like, nope, we're going to just block that number from now on.
0: Do they leave voicemails? No. Okay.
1: I will see. Okay, no. I'll say, say this. One time I did get a voicemail. And it was, we're buying homes in your area, that type of voicemail. But that's the only one I've ever gotten out of all of them.
0: And it's so generic. They don't mention your name. They don't mention your area. They don't mention any of those things.
1: Speaking of, there also was that scam going around one time uh, for a little bit where it was saying that your ex, uh, your Microsoft account has been compromised. That one, I got a voicemail for that one.
0: But you would also get an email from Microsoft confirming that your Microsoft account would have been compromised because there are two-step verifications. Yep. I I don't I don't get it. For so like I got a uh, a phone call today from quote unquote Sarah from <laughs> a uh, stockretail.org dot who wanted me to uh, work at sites like Amazon and eBay and make thirty five dollars whenever I want. Let's break this down, shall we? Okay.
1: Uh, I'm listening, okay. Let's, $35. An hour, or are you just getting paid
0: $35? Um, I'm assuming it's an hour. But it's probably for a couple of hours. Now, I went on a website known as Clark.com, and they um, looked into it. Uh, so they recorded the entire message. And, um, it was also from Sarah. It's always Sarah. Sarah's mm-hmm. calling everybody. Um, and she they just likes to get around. It, exactly. And this has been going on since, since July, um, at a work at home job opportunity. Number one, if you can find a work at home job opportunity for $35 an hour, um, that's always going to be too good to be true. Like, do you have to give up your spleen or your a liver and or something? Why
1: isn't and if that is an actual opportunity, why isn't everybody going after that?
0: Exactly. Um, so so they they always mention a website too. So there's an entire list of websites here. So let's go retailrecruit.org, Amazonrecruiter.org, Amazon uh, retailriches.org, retail riches.org, um dataentrywork.org, web stores, like all of these is all in the same one. They just keep on changing it at the very end. And it's gets worse so when you when you go there apparently you click on it and it's just a big page and they have like a news clip in the center of the page
1: the exact same news clip or is it just like different news clips it's probably
0: different and random from the news but but everything apparently right now um if you go to a a newer one it it, they don't have amazon in the url anymore but retailincome.org still works it's the same scam And the website says that workers will make $500 or more a day just under a couple of hours. Um, But Amazon, they do actually have some real work-at-home jobs, but they pay about $15 an hour.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've heard of those. I remember even when they like, they'll sometimes start talking about that around holiday times to be able to help out with, you know, the surplus of work that's going to be coming through.
0: Which, which is fair. Seasonal jobs are always a good opportunity to get things done. But if you're wanting to search online, never add work at home or work from home. Try, and here's the, here's the, the piece of information to learn, friends. Try virtual and remote or telecommuting as a word that you want to use in order to make things a little bit less crazy and trigger less spam options. Yeah. So that was the... Uh, the weird spam that I received this week. It, it's nuts. If anybody um, has any any stories about that, they can always email us at didyouknowryano at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at didyouknowryano or on the Facebook page, did you know with Ryan O. So that being said, my friend, um, let's talk about um, some stories and things that happen that are so ridiculous, so crazy that can only happen in the swampland known as Florida. In this segment known as "Only in Florida," I know we we oh, we labeled it up beautifully.
1: That's that's absolutely perfect. And sad, most of them are all going to be true.
0: So, in this one, um, uh, th- the the title of the article was "Thief Caught When He Stops to Buy Eclipse." Mask Once again, thief caught when he stops to buy Eclipse mask. What are your immediate thoughts?
1: Oh, God. Okay, so when he says, when we're saying Eclipse mask, are we talking like the movie Twilight? Are we talking about like the actual eclipse going on? I have so many questions just about that title alone. Uh,
0: So so let me read this article to you. So it says, um, although there are unconfirmed reports about people rubbing sunscreen on their eyes, this year's dumbest Eclipse viewer still had to be, um, we're going to call this guy Joe, who after stealing a car on October 21st stopped at a hardware store in Kissimmee Of course, it's Kissimmee, to Uh, buy a welder's mask so he could watch the total eclipse. He was doing this while the police were chasing him.
1: What? Like, was he literally going, oh, I'm going to I need to get away from the cops as fast as possible. But wait, the eclipse is today. I need to make sure I can see that.
0: Apparently, but uh, according to this this article, um, he's now fully prepared for the next eclipse in 2024 if he's out of jail by then.
1: Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Why? Why? Why are people that stupid?
0: I, I, I just keep on looking like every every other week when I do this segment. I look and I'm like, I can't find any more stupid things like that. And it's like, it's Florida. Of course, I'm going to scratch the surface. And these are all from just one year. No. I've been doing this for uh, for almost a year now and and I'm I still haven't cracked everything from just 2017.
1: No. Oh no. Oh. Yeah.
0: It's it's ridiculous and crazy. Uh so so speaking of ridiculous and crazy things, let's talk about um this science fact of the week that I found. And it's a question I'm going to ask you, my friend. Um, Okay. What is the hottest the earth has ever gotten? Like, what is the hottest temperature?
1: Are you talking about the earth as one, as like altogether, or are we talking about hottest location on the planet earth?
0: Um, We're talking about what, what was the hottest temperature that probably happened on this planet?
1: Uh, Okay, I have no idea. Uh,
0: so the, they're saying it's hot enough to boil oceans and vaporize rock. the The hottest temperature occurred more than four billion years ago when a Mars-sized protoplanet smashed into Earth. We're talking about the um, the creation of this planet and the moon. And they said within um, with a thousand years, the surface air temperature had dropped from thirty seven hundred to. 3, Three thousand degrees Fahrenheit.
1: Okay, dang.
0: Yeah, and then it started to slowly cool after tens of millions of years, and then oh,
1: eventually it, it took that long. That's good. Yeah, yeah, and,
0: and eventually the ha- atmosphere thickened, and um, water clouds were were trapped, and carbon dioxide and stuff happened, and rocks around the core, yada yada. And now the Earth's core is at four hundred and forty degrees.
1: And then we get the universe of energy with Ellen.
0: That's true. And Bill Nye. Everyone Bill- always forgets Bill Nye. He's the best part about that. Yes, he is. And, um, and so they're also saying that the warmest weather we've had in recent times since mammals came about um, was 55 million years ago, when um, in just a few thousand years, the global surface temperatures increased by 5 to 10 degrees.
1: Which, that's for a planet that's pretty high
0: it, they say that parts of north america that normally um they they were experiencing a tropical climate and spring-like temperatures were happening in the arctic
1: yeah <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of hot
0: yeah so uh, imagine being in like um northern canada and it feels like you're in miami
1: oh and that's just a mixture. You, you just kind of, like, think about that going, that's not right. That's not right at all. It's nice weather, but that's not right at all.
0: And then you want to think, if that's what it was like in uh, in northern Canada, what was it like in, like, Louisiana or Texas?
1: Oh, God, could you imagine the humidity? <sighs>
0: The humidity was probably worse than being trapped inside some sweaty guy's underpants.
1: Oh, put the new meaning to swamp butt. Yes. Oh.
0: And with that, we're gonna let people sit on that for just a moment as we get to a word from our sponsors. Did you know with Rhino? This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash Everyday Cosplay Finds for more information. And now back to our show. Did you go with Rhino. I was also thinking, because when, when I travel to to work nowadays i'm listening to a couple of podcasts like one like conan o'brien has a podcast right now
1: really i didn't know that
0: and david Tennant also has a podcast
1: i knew about that one i knew that he was starting one i was really happy and excited about that
0: he uh, interviewed uh, whoopi goldberg and then uh, jody whitaker in the last two episodes
1: nice so you have in 10 interview 13 cool
0: and cool. and so between listening to, to different podcasts um i've been listening to um it was john mayer's first full album um i was listening to both room for squares and inside wants out so that's what was in my uh, player at the moment so my question to you good sir is what music or what things are you listening to and from work
1: so I really, at this present time, I am bouncing around in my MP3 player. Like, yes, I have, I still have my MP3 player that I've had for a long period of time with about 8 gigs worth of songs on there.
0: Is it a Zune?
1: No, it's not a Zune. Unfortunately not. Even though, you know, slightly coming back into uh, style. No, it's just some, like, off-brand MP3 player. Um, I've got, geez, I bounce around from, like, movie soundtracks to, you know, I've got Chameleon Circuit on there that I got from you, so...
0: And for those of you who don't know, Chameleon Circuit is a band, it's a a semi-punk rock band who writes songs about Doctor Who.
1: It's absolutely phenomenal. If, If you can find it, just, it's so good. So what
0: I'm gonna do, I'm giving myself a note right now in front of me Um, I'm going to post a music video from Chameleon Circuit and put it on the Twitter page uh, at Did You Know Ryan O.
1: Nice Uh, yeah I've been listening to music, uh, movie soundtracks, been jumping around to like Irish pub rock and like Plogging Molly Uh,
0: There's Off Kilter, that's a a local band.
1: Yeah, Off Kilter too Got to see them recently at uh, the Scottish Highland Games.
0: Are they still known as off kilter? Or
1: yeah, they're still known as off kilter.
0: So I know Mulch Sweat and Shears became American Margin.
1: Yeah, no, they were like they were there, still like being fully supported. Because uh, it was like the Central Florida Scottish Highland Games, and they had them. They were both there both days, rocking a lot most of the time.
0: Did and and what color is your kilt?
1: Mine. Uh, so my kilt is going to be, it's basically navy blue, black, green, with cross white and red lines.
0: That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really good. I'm from the uh, Mackenzie family of Seaforth.
0: Don't, don't they also have their, their own, uh, their own scotch?
1: Yeah. Um, so... Back in the eighteen, God, like eighteen, late eighteen hundreds, there was the Kinsey Distillery up in Philadelphia, and they were pretty well known. If like if you look up uh, Times Square in the forties and fifties, you'll see like Kinsey whiskey in Times Square, and they they lasted a pretty long, good long time. But then like in the fifties, they got bought out by Johnny Walker, so then they stopped being made. And then it was up until not until like ooh, last five years that the new distillery in Philadelphia called New Liberty Distillery they started remaking the stuff again
0: under the the same name or was it under New New Liberty like is that what's on it the it was bottle? like it
1: was like one of the, um, they basically they've got their own stuff and then they've started what they've been doing is like since Insy whiskey was such a heritage in the town and the area just cuz you know it's like their distillery they started going we're going to remake it again you know as kind of like an homage to the past and show our heritage kind of thing
0: Nice. Um, I know another fun example of uh, a place being bought out and slightly altered and whatnot. There was um, a beer that that came out in the Great Lakes region known as Stroh's. Have you ever heard of Stroh's?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Stroh's is... It, it's an interesting one. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to describe what Stroh's... Beer was, yep. and it they, they so it, it came out of um, about Detroit, Michigan, but also went and spread out to Milwaukee, and the the Strohs brew itself happened in 1850, so it's like really it's it's a Bohemian p- pilsner pretty much. Okay, cool. And um, so, in the 18, 1850s and eighteen sixties, it started came coming out. So like, it it was huge, and you know, um, prohibition and stuff like that, and it, and then they it came back, and it was it was still a thing. Um, and it's the same people who did uh, ice cream, like Stroh's ice cream, is also a, a big thing too. It's a uh, pretty big in the the north. It's like all over the place, but okay. that th- they did they did beer. And, uh, malt products and stuff. Um, but they got bought out by, uh, Pabst Brewing Company.
1: Oh, really?
0: So for the past like 12 years or so, uh, cause they, they didn't make it for forever. Um, and then they started bringing it back and they, they slightly changed it again cause it was like really important in the, um, in the eighties, like it, it got turned around and declined because of um Bush and and Miller and in Coors and stuff. And then the nineties, it was like all these micro breweries. So like Stroh's yeah. didn't have a chance. But I I tried it recently because my my father's family grew up drinking that. Because when you're when you first start when you first start drinking, you drink whatever's around you because that's what your your family like gets you interested in it's what you do with anything like um you, you learn everything
1: I, 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 you might have I was different
0: you, you didn't like what they liked
1: no because I see that was like when I grew up you know I grew up around alcohol because my dad and my brother would always do like their own micro brews, you know, like the home home brewing kind of thing. At the time I hated beer. When I turned twenty one I despised beer. I hated the taste of it. I hated everything about it. I was at the time when I like turned 21, I was drinking tequila, vodka, whiskey, you know, all the like the hard liquors. Those were my normal go-to's.
0: Well, also you could have like a a shot or two and feel something where with like a beer, you would need one or two. So it was. it's a little bit easier to just hide a tiny flask than it is to hide three or four cans of beer.
1: Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Especially if it's like, you know, Budweiser or anything like that.
0: So when, when, so like my my grandfather was drinking Strohs and then my other grandfather drinking Bush. And then, so like, that's probably what my, my dad had. And then my folks were having um, Bud Light because that's the, the beer that was, affordable and tasty at the same time a nice blend. Um so oh, yeah. that was my first um beer that I was drinking. So you know, early 20s that's what you're doing and then thankfully I discovered craft brewing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of like when I got discovered that and actually understood the processes behind it and like how you can really experiment with it. That's when I started to actually get into beer.
0: Cuz you don't know until you know. so, so, no. so you're drinking your same stuff over and over again. and um, and you're like, okay, this this works for me. I know how to adapt. I know how many I can do in order to get a, a nice buzz. And then after that it's like, oh oh wait, there, there are things that can also do that, but also have more flavor. What?
1: We can have some experimentation and have it like where we're mixing up styles. What? No.
0: So, so discovering, um, the ambers and, and discovering, um, like oh, wheat stout. ales, stouts. Yeah.
1: IPAs. I mean, saisons. Come on. Those are all like just amazing. i like, try out.
0: have, speaking of stouts, have you heard, um, about Jameson's cask mates?
1: No, but it sounds amazing. And I want 70.
0: So, uh. I don't know the exact story, but apparently they were running low on a specific type of Jameson, and to catch them in between um, the the barrels while they're waiting for them to age, they created the cask mates, and they would um, they would put them in with a, a stout or an IPA. Oh, so there's a um, a stout cask mate for for Jameson, and the stout cask mate is is a lot sweeter and more full tasting than a regular jameson cuz like a jameson sometimes has like a, like a nice um fiery bitterness for like a, a hot second yeah this one instead of a a, a hot bitterness it's it's a, a a mild bitter sweetness at the same time
1: oh oh that sounds good it's want-
0: it's my dad's new favorite thing now
1: I mean, like that's the same uh, Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. Oh, and when I got my so many.
0: That,
1: oh my god, yeah. What there's like seven or six or something like that.
0: But but that's like one of your go tos besides a Guinness.
1: For stout wise. Um Yeah. I mean, the most part, I'll usually, if I'm doing, if I want a good stout, I'm always going to stick with a Guinness just because I'd rather, you know, have something that I stand by. But if I, if I occasionally can see like Kentucky bourbon barrel ale is like on sale, I'll grab some
0: because
1: it's always that nice. Well, it's just nice to have.
0: There's some of them, like there's a, uh. Like one that tastes like breakfast, and there's one that has like blueberry stouts, and there's a chocolate peanut butter stout.
1: Oh, oh my god, a chocolate peanut butter stout? I need, you know, I just have that for breakfast, or have that as my lunch, always.
0: That sounds amazing. Um, Funky Buddha did a peanut butter and gel- jelly uh, beer. I don't know exactly what type it was, but it tasted just like a Schmucker's. Really? It was good trips.
1: That's dangerous.
0: (laughs) And now that we're we're currently in the uh, end of winter, beginning of spring, a lot of the strawberry festival-inspired ales are going to be around in Florida.
1: Yeah. So everything's
0: going to have a strawberry flavor to it.
1: Which is going to be really good, because that'll be a nice sweetness. Especially, I think there's some beers that uh there's a couple of beers like local beers aren't there that have like a strawberry style to them
0: Oh yeah um I know that uh Cigar City in Tampa does one off of the uh off of the strawberry festival which is weird because the strawberry festival itself is a dry event
1: <laughs> oh, that's just like a kick in the face
0: It's like playing a video game about pirates but you're you main.
1: You can't go take other ships. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're stuck with your own ship. Like how? How are you a pirate if you can't pillage and and steal?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, where's the fun in that? But especially but... with a festival. I mean, that's kind of weird. Usually, festivals you're gonna have to at least somewhat. You know, granted you won't you know go crazy with alcohol, but you'll have like just beer would be nice.
0: And parking is ridiculous as well over there.
1: Really? Uh.
0: So it it wasn't my favorite. If no, if if people are thinking about going, um, I say go once. Pre-game, but go once.
1: <laughs> yeah, I stand by that. That's a good way to handle it. Just pre-game, then go.
0: That's a good way to handle most things, but you have to pregame responsibly. I don't know how, but I don't want to be caught liable for anything.
1: Always always pregame responsible. That's responsibly. That's right. Pregame
0: responsibly. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I think Just I should. Sure. We we actually have shirts now. Really? for this um this show. Yeah, so people go to zazzle.com, uh type in Did You Know with Ryan O. There there are shirts that have my handsome face on them.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful.
0: I know. It's it's good trips and this is a great way for me to to plug go go to that website and uh and get a shirt because um it's awesome, spread the word, tell your friends and then you could uh also wear my face, which is mildly handsome. I think I'm like a, I'm a seven.
1: I I got him I got him in. I'm looking, I just pulled him up right now. I am literally looking at him and I'm just loving this.
0: Especially the one that has my, my main logo with, um, with, uh, sharing your awesomeness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: then we, we need to, we definitely need to have it, which is pregame responsibly.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's going to be the new shirt
0: by the time this comes out i bet it'll be there
1: it'll oh yeah absolutely
0: um so let's switch gears mildly and and talk about things that that we do um when we're bored and want to kill some time um semi productively and that's going to be the games of videos um, oh. so what would you say is one of your favorite types of video games out there
1: see that's a loaded question for an avid gamer such as myself and and that's like one of those things if i want to go into a world and i want to kill you know i want to basically just do these long stories and have it where i do all the quests definitely want to do an open world game game absolutely love doing those but it's always fun to do like the first person shooter uh aspect tunnel type games where you have to go to this objective because you get those nice small quick objectives that you get knocked out. But if I really want to kill time, it's it's gonna be an open world game.
0: I was uh, recently playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Nice. And most people were like oh, which I, I I admit there could be more. Um but it was it was different than the other three. Uh, the, the other three, you were forced to follow that that tunnel story and you're, yeah. you're, you're stuck within the confines. But this one, you can explore the planet at your own leisure and perform quests. Very similar to like Batman, Arkham, Arkham Arganistan. Knight.
1: Well, I mean, also a little bit like Knights of the Old Republic, too, because Knights of the Old Republic, yeah, you had your tunnel aspects, but you could pretty much move around a lot.
0: Which which was fun about it because you could go from A to B and then the next time you change, but there's a lot of level switching too with the Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is.
0: So in well, this one, in like Dragon Age um, Inquisition, um, the further you get in your current map, the more things would change. And also you go and revisit the areas you were at. They were different based on your your actions and oh, whether so or fun. not you killed somebody or not.
1: Was it a butterfly effect
0: kind of thing? Uh, just like the rest of Mass Effect, it was a semi-butterfly effect. Nice. It, it So if you stepped on a butterfly, you didn't wipe out all the dinosaurs. Instead, you changed the uh, the, the T-Rexes from being uh, 20 feet tall to maybe being 23 feet tall. Okay. So it, it's not, not a huge change, but enough but- to notice.
1: Yeah, and what you know, sometimes with a game like that, that's that's what you need.
0: Or if you don't go back to a certain spot, and or or if you do something differently. So, like, let's say instead of helping someone out with obtaining water, you help them getting natural gas. Now um, you've got a a whole bunch of angry people, and you have to deal with that in the conversation a bit later. Mm. That that's more of where the butterflies really affect. Otherwise, it's it's just a big open world.
1: Yeah, there's currently a game I'm playing right now that has that butterfly effect that I'm enjoying a lot.
0: Which one would that be, good sir?
1: The assassin's Creed Odyssey at this present time.
0: Ooh, Odyssey. That's the uh, the Roman one, right?
1: Uh, Greece. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's Greece. It's dealing with. Um, so the timeline on this one is set way before all the other assassins. It's even set. It takes place even before um, Assassin's Creed Origins. So you're like, four, I believe, 404 BCE, and it's, it's a good chunk of time. And it, it's very much one of those ones where the first couple quick quests that you have, like there was one example of you go up to this, you find out that like this family's sick and they're, this town's like ill and everything like that, and some priests have burned down most of the town and they're about to kill like these last little people. And you can make the decision whether or not to kill the people or to keep them alive. Ooh. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you kill the people, you then spare the illness from getting spread around to any of the other villages. But if you show compassion and go, oh, no, you know, we can take care of it. We we might be able to fix it and you keep them alive. You can come back or you like come back around and like the illness would have spread throughout most of the area.
0: So um, I, I guess it's trying to teach teach you lessons through it or is it trying to toughen your character or you as a person or something like that? It's trying to make
1: you have those like moral decisions because everything that you you can have, uh, you know, like how with like Fallout uh, New Vegas and like with Fallout 3, you would get like these list of questions to ask, you know, conversation points kind of thing.
0: Where they want to steer things in a specific direction.
1: Yeah, and you can do that with this way. You can have it where you decide to kill people, or you don't decide to kill people. You can have it where there's missions where you basically, the person's on the run and you've been hired to kill them and you can just offer them to work on your ship. And then you have them as like a commander on your ship.
0: As opposed to um, like potentially losing someone, you gain an asset. Yep. That's fun.
1: Yeah, and it, it's kind of interesting because you'll you know like well, every single exchange voice you know, like conversation exchange that happens in the game, you have to actually like really pay attention to because you don't know what is how it's gonna affect everything else throughout the game. Whether you're gonna be creating enemies or creating allies.
0: And and that's what I love about certain games because I have never been a huge mmo sort of guy
1: yeah i'm kind of the same
0: because like i i played the first ones like um i played city of heroes back when it came out i did the whole dc universe online i did the uh the old republic for for a hot minute um i I wasn't a world of warcraft person and then they they started doing the the massive things like like halo and whatnot
1: yeah yeah, I tried I tried World of Warcraft for a little bit. I think I did it for maybe a couple months. And in all honesty, I tried to do it. I just played it because I was trying to impress a girl. Fair. But uh, yeah, Fair. And, We've uh, been there.
0: That, We've all been there.
1: After that, I just got really bored with it because it just turned into a, like nothing but a grind fest just to get experience points. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go into the woods just to keep killing this one animal so that way I get experience points. That's great. I'm but, bored now.
0: But you're not learning th- something. Something isn't changing. You're barely changing, and it seems m- like a mediocrity in in its own art form. Like when you're when you're playing uh, these these shoot 'em games with all these other dudes, like uh, Call of Duty and whatnot. Um, it, it's if you're not starting out um, with everyone else, um, and you take a hot second to to join in with them, you're so far behind on the curve that it's not fun.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and there's a lot of times with like, okay, Call of Duty, Halo, and even currently right now with like Fortnite and Apex, they're fun games, you know, they're fun for what they are. They're quick matches. You can go in, you can, you know, have your little bit of fun. But if you're really looking for good, you know, long story games, I kind of steer away from like Call of Duty. You know, some I know people disagree with me, but, you know, that's just for me.
0: Yeah, there are certain types of gamers and and there's the ones that I'm going to do this round of call of duty with my friends until two o'clock in the morning. And we're going to shoot these guys and work as a team. And, and it's like, okay, that's, that's fun. If that's your thing, then there's the guys who are like, I'm going to play or, or girls, I'm not going to be gender specific. When I ever say guys, it's like when I say dudes, like I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude. We're all dudes. Um, so, We're all dudes in
1: this world.
0: Exactly. So, like, so these dudes that are playing these like football games and they're they're getting better and gaining points and they're working on their team and fantasy stuff. That's a uh, an aspect of leveling up while still playing the these tiny little things. Like the same thing with the the multiplayer shoot 'em games. You're going to get more gear and more stats and stuff, but. There's something about being alone in in an environment and every single decision that you make affects everything else.
1: Yeah. It's it's like one of those things, it's your own little world to be able to control.
0: Now, I know there are some... I I used to play Fable on... uh,
1: Which is a really good game.
0: Oh, yeah. the, The Fable series on Xbox was great and you could have a partner join you, you could do split screen and you could both be a part of the missions and you would help, uh, change one person's game. So, Like you would both sit in on the one person's game and you would go through these missions and, and work together to make things happen. So there, there needs to be like, like, cause I, I've seen, um, what Diablo can do and, in what some of these other games can do with the massive um, MMO thing. But there needs to be something like you and your friend, like like you and me. If we were to both play at the same time but not at the same building or in the same building, that we could play uh, one of these fantasy realm open world games together. That's what they need to do next.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was actually having the conversation today about the aspect of just cross-platform playing. That just needs to start moving its way up again. But then you, know, you have in- to have people,
0: like, agree with each other.
1: Well, I mean, like, we got it with Fortnite, the fact that you can be on the Nintendo Switch, someone can be on a tablet, and someone can also be on, like, a Xbox One, and you can all be playing together with each other.
0: So, So then yeah. it's finding a way to have a game that's... Simple enough, yet challenging enough that could work across different platforms.
1: Yeah, and that's what we—that's the big thing we need right now.
0: So, so going back to Assassin's Creed, um, yeah, I have only played a bit of the first one, and then uh, it—I didn't ha- have it around until Origins. So, just b- briefly walk us through a little bit of the history from from. The first one till now.
1: then that's going to be really hard to do, but we can we'll give let's just do a quick, you know, quick, 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 quick summarization pretty much of it is, you know, the basic lines of Assassin's Creed was that, you know, you could tap your ancestors memories through your DNA and through your genetic code, which is kind of neat. That's an interesting concept, kind of neat to think about, you know, thinking of our past and all that. And it turns out, you know, like the games, the first game is all set in like 2012, which that's a throwback.
0: But wasn't the first game, it's it set in 2012, but didn't it come out in like 2009 or something?
1: Came out in 2007. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's, that, that's like one of those things of, oh, we're thinking of the distant future of technology being advanced enough to be able to do this. Okay, cool.
0: Like T2 a Judgment Day, how the date keeps yeah, on changing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and the basic line is that there are two secret organizations in the world: the Templars and the Assassins. And the Templars basically want to rule everybody, you know. Keep they want to hack the genetic code to make everybody be peaceable and basically follow and be submissive and all of that. Whereas the Assassins want to keep free will as still an option. Okay. So, you know, yeah, you've got your good fight and your evil, and it's and it's a story of those two groups that have been around as far back as basically as origins puts it, in, like with the Egyptians. Um, they've done so many good games because it started off with base uh, with Assassin's Creed that that was the first one, and that one had it where you were roughly around the Third Crusades, and you were following your first assassin that you followed was Altair, which. You said you play the first one.
0: It it was a lot of um, stalking people, climbing on roofs and stalking people,
1: which is like once you really get good at it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's like one of those things of you got to go chase down this courier. Okay, all right, <laughs> you just can, like start stalking the guy and making making him not see you, and then you go like right up behind a uh, group of people and come and take him down. You know, it's kind of fun to be able to do that,
0: which is. Really fun in the the Arkham games too. That was kind of what of how I found myself wanting to get more into it because comparing um, Origins or Arkham City to the Assassins games, it, it wasn't that big of a jump. I just needed to find the right space. Uh, yeah. So, so the the first game followed that guy and how um, and how he related to the the post-Crusade or Third Crusade world.
1: Yeah, and they had it where, like, the whole... the What was nice about these games is that they've got these nice, long story arcs. You know, you have it where it doesn't just span one game. It's going across multiple games. And um, the whole point of it is you're, like, trying... The Assassins and the Templars are both going after this one object call, that's called the Apple of Eden, and it's supposed to be this artifact from Biblical Adam and Eve where it holds the genetic code to basically submit all mankind.
0: That's nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, okay, all right, cool. Neat little, you know, you got your history elements to it. And then, like, the second game, like, Assassin's Creed 2, jumps from the Third Crusades about 300 years later all the way to the, like, Italian Renaissance, and you're dealing with, you know, Leonardo da Vinci and all of that, and in Venice. So, I mean, that's that's a fun jump.
0: Okay. And where does the next game take you? Uh,
1: Assassin's Creed 3, like, was a good one. That one has it where Assassin's Creed 3 is during the American Revolution. Well, just after the American Revolution. Well, around it. You know, like one of those things where you, the games will have it where a crucial period of time, so you'll be just before it, then into it, and then just after it
0: oh sure yeah that makes sense
1: yeah did, yeah didn't and they have one
0: so, that took place during the revolution
1: yeah that's assassin's creed 3 so it's um and I mean, then with the George next one. washington everything. yeah yeah okay
0: and so the, yeah. where do the next one take us
1: and then you've got which people call like assassin's creed 4 this one's one of my favorites and it's assassin's creed 4 black flag where you get to be a pirate
0: do you at least get to steal other people's ships?
1: Yes, you do. Oh, you good. Get to take, you get to take down other people's ships. And, you know, there's moments where, like, the map, what's great about the games is the maps get bigger and bigger, and the load screens get, like, fewer and fewer. You know, with the advancement of technology, we get the, you know, the better gaming systems. We get it where you don't have to worry about load screen as much so you can have it where you can go from one end of the map to the other and not have to worry about that once.
0: That sounds because, like, like a with, fun time.
1: Oh yeah, well I mean, come on, like with the first Assassin's Creed, you would transfer transition from like Jerusalem over to like Constantinople or something like that and you'd have a long load screen just because you're, you know, transitioning. This one, it's like, all right, if I wanted to go from Havana up to the Florida Keys, I could literally just sail my ship right up there, and I didn't have to worry about any load time at all or any load screen.
0: Technology is an amazing thing.
1: Oh, and it's so great. And there's just that nice aspect of it of, you know, you get to, your sailors will start doing sea shanties, and you can collect sea shanties in each area. So you're just sailing across the ocean with the sea, with the sailors singing the sea chanties, and you're just kind of like, yeah, I could just play this for years. Uh, at
0: least until the next game came out.
1: Yeah. And then we had, like, after that one, we had Assassin's Creed Rogue, which had it where was a twist on the story of you're instead of following the assassins, you're now following an assassin that joins the Templars to hunt down assassins. That's dark. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to play that one yet. I've been kind of jumping around with them. I've been trying to get to know, I've done a lot of the main ones, and then I'm currently working on Odyssey, and then I'm going to go do, jump into the next one that I'm going to talk about is Assassin's Creed Unity, which takes place during the French Revolution, you know, Le Mis or Les Mis timeframe, mm-hmm. which that's going to be kind of cool, just making sure I don't die, you know, on the barricades.
0: Yeah, do you you don't want some sort of Jean Valjean long scary song speak thing going on.
1: At least it might not sing as bad as Russell Crowe. I'm sorry.
0: Thanks. <laughs> <Yikes. laughs> and so, what came after Unity?
1: Uh, after Unity, then came to be uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which was the Victorian era, and then they kind of like dropped a little bit off the map of doing like big, expansive games because they did like a couple small ones where they were like Assassin's Creed Chronicles India and then Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia. Okay, and yeah. yeah, and those are really smaller games, not as like big and expansive. almost like think, I don't want to say mobile games, but, you know, very, not as complex.
0: Sure, so you could probably... Um... Emulate it simply and just bring it up on your computer immediately.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the the one that came out two years ago, which still is like one of my absolute favorites. I I love Egyptian Egyptology. I love everything about the hieroglyphs, you know, all of that. So then it came out to be Assassin's Creed Origins, where it's the origin story of the Assassin, the Brotherhood. And that one is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful.
0: One of my favorite parts of it is... Uh, is taking your horse or whatever you're, you're using and um, chasing after things and, um, and hunting and uh, robbing stagecoaches.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And even having it where you've got like, you send your bird out, uh, send you out to go like hunting for, elk. I mean, or no, impala lions and hyenas, and you can see them through the eyes. I was just like, that was such a nice addition to the gaming style that they added.
0: It's the first time I've seen a hippo try to kill you in a video game.
1: Right? Like, actually having them be like these aggressive, destructive creatures.
0: You just want to just take your bow and arrow and be like, shoot them, Shoot them, Shoot them, And then you're like, out of arrows, you're like now what
1: i loved just like running through areas and then all of a sudden turning and seeing like a hippo and a Nile crocodile having a full on blow fight like just like destroying each other and I just kind of stand and watch it and go well at least it's not me they're attacking
0: and and it's all uh the the computer doing random things just to make it fun and crazy and interesting
1: yeah and then and, there's
0: the, the the it leading up to the current one
1: yeah um, assassin's creed odyssey
0: I'll have to put it they on my re- list of things to get once it becomes extremely cheap.
1: Yeah, like this one definitely changes the style of the gaming. Um, one thing I liked about it is, you know, in like Origins, you could walk into a town and you could like, you know, get the loot, you know, loot the baskets and everything. You like that. So, that yeah, you can do that. Cool. In Odyssey... If you walk into a town and you just randomly start taking money out of the uh out of like the baskets, you can get bounty hunters after you because you're technically stealing.
0: But then could you kill the bounty hunters and be okay afterwards?
1: Yes, yes you can.
0: <laughs> because no one comes after um after Han Solo except for Boba Fett and we sent him into the Sarlacc pit.
1: Mm, oh the Sarlacc pit. Went out like a boss, still love, but yeah, you know, still love Boba Fett.
0: So then out of, out of all of these, um, these different years and whatnot, if you were to live in one of those eras, um, pre 1900, what would it be?
1: Black flag with hands down.
0: So you'd want to live in, in the pirates, uh, era.
1: Oh, Absolutely.
0: Would you want to live in the Caribbean, or like in the middle of the country, or
1: mm, Caribbean, more like it?
0: Well, I I think I think I'd agree. It's it's yeah. a it's a more simple time. Um, I'd probably try to be a famous musician or blacksmith. That'd be fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was like one of those things that, that towns were develop. You know, towns were starting to develop. You know, you uh, not just talking like from piracy or different things like that. You know, there was so much adventure out there, so much going on. You know,
0: and people were exploring could, and settling and and yeah, creating their yeah. own like form of trade.
1: Yeah, it was truly the form of like actual, you know, exp- exploration, finding new areas and everything like that, and making forming new allies. So yeah, that during that time frame has always been fascinating to me.
0: Right on. Uh, so we're going to leave that as our question of the week for all of you folks. Um, so you can answer it on Facebook uh, or on Twitter and you can let us know what you think. Um, we're going to have to get you back on soon, sir, and we'll talk about I don't know. Maybe some sort of um, fancy flashlight or a lantern character, or we could uh, discuss other forms of gaming, or or who knows, some some junior uh, adventurer trying to put things in a museum.
1: No, uh, don't call him junior. That's the only big thing.
0: But but we called the dog Indiana. We
1: had a lot of fun memories of that dog. <laughs>
0: Uh, so for those of you out there if you want to join in on the conversation or answer our question of the week you can go to you can go to Twitter at did you know Ryan O you could email us did you know Ryan O at gmail.com or you can go on Facebook did you know with Ryan O it's lots of fun and a bit crazy sometimes Uh, so with that said my friends find your awesome Hold on to it and share it with the world. I've been Ryan O and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Matt.
1: Bye, guys.